Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchorlight Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchorlight team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. Welcome to Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney, a licensed trauma and couples therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. We're here live on 1150 AM Talk Radio, but you can stream this show anytime on the KKNW website or search Holding Ground wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Laura. Good morning to our listeners. Thank you as always for listening. Uh, how are you doing today, Laura? I am doing really good. I'm excited to talk about this topic as a couples therapist. This is a this is one we dig into all the time. Exactly, exactly. And uh, real quick, just a reminder to our listeners, if you like what you hear, you can find us at anchorlighttherapy.com. Um, so we have a lot of good content on there. And of course, if you want to schedule a, a complimentary consultation, you can do that as well on our website. So today, Laura, what we are talking about is the fear of abandonment versus the fear of engulfment in relationships. So we're doing another two-parter episode. Um, so these really are the same side or different sides of the same coin, right? Their fears around relationships. It's just opposite kind of reactions to it. So Laura, how do these um, behaviors create uh, dysfunction in relationships and where does it all come from? So it's interesting because the manifestation of, you know, a fear of abandonment versus a fear of engulfment, they can look very different. If somebody's afraid of being abandoned, they might exhibit more of like an anxious attachment style versus a fear of engulfment is more of like an avoidant attachment style. So they, they might behave very differently in relationships. However, both fears are rooted in the same thing. And that's the fear of intimacy. And really people will primarily experience this in intimate relationships. So usually with a romantic partner or a really close relationship, it doesn't necessarily manifest as much in in more superficial type relationships. Um, And the other thing that's interesting about this fear is that it's actually triggered more by positive emotion than by negative emotion. So somebody who is feeling really good in their relationship, that might actually trigger a fear of being let down or disappointed or overwhelmed or abandoned. And it's the feeling good that causes the negative reaction, which is kind of counterintuitive, but that's typically what's what's going on. Um, and when that happens, it's it's really hard for people to develop meaningful adult relationships with others. Right, right. Um, so you talk about this fear of intimacy, and I think it's important to uh, point out the different kinds of intimacy that folks can fear. Um, so it could be one of these, all of them, um, but just briefly go over the different kinds. So we have intellectual intimacy. So that's your, the ability to share your thoughts and ideas and really get in depth about um, things that are important to you, whether it's values or philosophies or um, politics, religion, whatever it might be, you guys can uh, communicate and connect on a very intellectual level. Um, Of course, there's emotional intimacy, right? The ability to share your innermost feelings with one another, sexual intimacy. So the um, 
uh, ability to express yourself sexually, um, feeling safe and vulnerable, having uh, sex with other people. It's very intimate and um, meaningful experience. And some people um, can have fear of that level of intimacy. Um, we have experiential uh, intimacy. So this is the ability to share experiences. So that can look like anything from let's read the same book together and share. Maybe let's take a class. Let's have a, a bucket list of walks we want to do. You know, of course, bigger things like travel and things like that. But sharing experiences together is so important in relationships. And then spiritual intimacy. So your ability to share beliefs beyond yourself, maybe uh, belief in higher power, um, so these are the different things that we can connect on an intimate, uh, intimate level, but people can be uh, scared of that. And I think it's really important to note because that's confusing. You think, well, we want these kinds of things as human beings. We want to have intellectual and emotional and sexual connection with, with romantic partners or, or experiential connection, even with, with friends or, or coworkers, but we can be afraid of those things because even though we want them, there's this fear of loss that comes with that. So I could make myself vulnerable in this relationship and I could really enjoy that connection. And then it could either be taken away or I could be rejected in some sort of way. So even though people really want to have connection who are fearful of abandonment or engulfment, they will have behaviors that will sabotage um, that connection. And that's just really rooted in the fears that they have and their fears will prompt them to do things that probably upon reflection they recognize are sabotaging or maybe later on wish they hadn't done but in the moment it feels like they need to protect themselves they don't feel safe in these situations because it's it feels unsafe to have intimacy or to be close to other people so both fear of abandonment and fear of engulfment, like I said, these manifest in very different ways, um, but they're rooted in the same thing. And so we're going to talk more about the ways we push our partners away um, a little bit later in the show. So Michelle, that brings us to the fear of abandonment. Let's start there. What exactly is a fear of abandonment? Well, this can all start, of course, like a lot of these things in childhood. So maybe we had uh, didn't have a consistent parent or caregiver growing up. Maybe there was loss in some sort of way, maybe the death of a really close family member, of course, divorce, things like that, that can be really disruptive to a connection. And then therefore people learn, okay, maybe connection has an expiration date. Someone will eventually decide uh, to leave me so they people can uh, just get used to this and think this is the way it's always going to be so or even if they had parents maybe not leave physically they could be you know selfish or uninvolved uh you know maybe the child just couldn't can um depend on the parent for consistent availability um so emotional uh neglect rejection, all of these things can really make us fear um, abandonment, uh, all rooted in childhood. Maybe these things have happened in your adult relationships as well, but mostly root, rooted there. Okay. So what are some signs though, Laura, that somebody might have this? So either recognizing in yourself or in your partner. 
So a lot of times if you have a fear of abandonment, um, you're going to display some anxiety in your relationships. You're going to maybe really attach quickly, uh, even when somebody is unavailable to you or you haven't properly like assessed whether they're a good match, you're going to really want to attach quickly and move the relationship forward. You're not, you're going to want to know what's going to happen. You don't feel safe to just allow the relationship to unfold, see if it's the right fit for you. There's more of a sense of urgency. Like we have to, I have to know where this is going and we need to, we need to be together. And a lot of times people make those choices out of fear and they don't actually give the relationship any time where you could say, Hey, do I even want to be with this person? because their nervous system, their fear of abandonment is being triggered. And so they're reacting to that more than evaluating with whether or not this is a good relationship for them, which then causes people to seek out relationships that are not healthy. So if somebody wants to attach in a relationship really quickly, they want to feel like some sense of security that the relationship is moving forward. They might settle for partners that maybe are not in a good place for a relationship or not a good match for them um, and and choose situations that maybe later on they're going to regret or wish that they weren't in. But they're they're fearful that they're not going to be alone basically. So they don't want to, they don't want to lose something. There's a sense that if I let this one thing go, there will never be anything else for me. Another way that might look is that they might fail to fully commit and have, have fewer long-term relationships. So that's more of the, the avoidant manifestation where they want to be in relationship, but when somebody's getting close to them, they pull back because they're getting afraid. So they might not commit to relationships. They might not even engage in very many relationships, or they might only engage in really superficial relationships and not let a relationship get to a place where there could be some really meaningful connection um, and intimacy. Do you have an example of that, Michelle, of, of clients who you notice are are fearful of abandonment and, and have some of these behaviors that show up in their relationships? Yeah, yeah. I think you um, pointed out a really common one is somebody with a more anxious attachment style, this fear of abandonment, they want to know what to expect. So that's what you're saying is like kind of, hey, where's our relationship where we're headed versus letting things progress naturally. That does not feel okay because then they don't have an answer. And if we don't have an answer, well, of course, this person's going to leave me too. So it really heightens that anxiety. Um, And in the same way, you're talking about sometimes uh, people who fear abandonment can pull away, which also sounds maybe counterintuitive, but if relationships cause them so much anxiety and this fear of abandonment causes so much anxiety, they might just decide like, hey, I'm not going to get in a relationship that's so uncomfortable to feel that way. Yeah. And so then you'll see maybe when someone has some of these fears, you'll see some more people pleasing type behaviors that they don't, they've, it feels unsafe to let anyone down or to advocate for themselves. So they might really aim to please their partners. That's probably more of an anxious manifestation. Um, They might do things that they don't really want. Like they might engage in unwanted sex. They might stay in relationships that are not fulfilling and not healthy and, and are overall making them unhappy, but yet they're afraid that if they leave that person, that they'll be alone or there won't be any other options for them. And then the flip side of that, and again, this is the the avoidant manifestation, is they might be really nitpicky and they might be really hard to please. And nobody, and that's a way of of not letting anyone get too close uh, because no one's good enough or no one meets their standards. And the interesting thing I think about that is that when that's happening to somebody who has a fear of engulfment and has more avoidant behaviors, 
they genuinely feel those things. They genuinely feel like, well, I really like this person, but now I'm noticing, you know, maybe the shoes that they wear really don't look right on them. And I feel really turned off by that. Or, or maybe they have some little habit that they do that I just can't live with. And it'll be something, you know, very minor, like leaving a dish out or you, they, they find things to kind of devalue the person and, and consider them as not a suitable partner, not because they're mean or, or want to hurt people, but because that's a defense mechanism that's coming up for them. That's telling them this is not, this is not safe. Right. Yeah. It's better to be like, oh, they chew loud all the time and yeah. cut off other drivers and they do all these behaviors. It's much easier to attach to those things versus, hey, here's all these uncomfortable fears and anxiety I have. You know, that's why right. I'm leaving this relationship versus, yeah, you know, they chew with their mouth open and I hate that. And really getting attached to these behaviors that maybe are annoying or they feel like they're not good enough. Yeah, and you know somebody's avoidant when they have multiple experiences of uh, not wanting to be in relationships for things that don't just don't really make sense. I had a I worked with a client years ago um, who was just done with the relationship. It made perfect sense to her that they that she would just move on because the person that she'd been dating laughed too loud at a comedy show, and she found it to be a turnoff. Well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't laugh at a comedy show, where can you laugh? Um, but yeah, right. it was that was just a manifestation of her avoidance because in reality, she was feeling close to that person and it was making her uncomfortable. So that is definitely a way that you could see that. And then there's just some other things like, you know, you might feel insecure. You might find it hard to trust other people. I think people who both fear abandonment and fear engulfment, like a common thread in that is that they don't trust each other. People who feel a fear abandonment will be really, really clingy because they don't trust that someone will just be there for them. So they they act out in ways that are more anxious. Um, and then somebody who fears abandonment or excuse me, fears uh, being engulfment or, or is more avoidant will just well, like I said, I don't know if I could trust this person if they laugh too loud. I'm, they start to identify behaviors that are just unacceptable, but in reality are just probably normal type behaviors, but they don't trust that the relationship is is a quality relationship. Right. Yeah. So all kinds of ways that this show shows up. So I talked about fear of abandonment and engulfment because they're all kind of tangled up and intertwined together. But Michelle, let's take a deeper dive into like fear of engulfment. And what what does that look like? It can really look like folks who are afraid of being like controlled or dominated mm-hmm. or I'm going to lose myself and my identity by connecting with somebody else. So again, this can often be learned in childhood, but through different experiences. So um, maybe I have experienced parents or kids caregivers that had much bigger needs than the child. So things like mental illness, substance use, uh, maybe your parent was physically disabled. So the attention was always like off of the child and onto um, maybe the parent or uh, primary attachment figure. So maybe again, it was like emotional support. Sometimes you'll see children having to like play therapist to their partner or I'm sorry, their parent, which we call parentification. Um, it can look like maybe families that were really enmeshed and they weren't allowed their own space. Um, you know, if there was any sort of boundaries, either they didn't exist or they were maybe violated a lot. Um, and, you know, if kids are so involved with the other people around them, um, they don't have the chance to really formulate 
who they are sometimes, right? They don't maybe uh, know what their favorite hobbies are because maybe they just never had time or uh, the encouragement to experience those things. So lack of identity for sure. Um, and then, or if they had a parent that was very like critical all the time, uh, they can start to fear criticism and things like verbal abuse, but they'll hear criticism and things that aren't actually criticism. So all these things make a lot of folks like, I, I'm just, I'm going to lose myself. This isn't uh, safe for me to connect because, you know, in a lot of ways, it could be so exhausted by having to care for somebody else or just not have attention on them, raising themselves. Sometimes kids have to do that. Um, they just don't want to do that anymore. They don't want to sacrifice themselves or their time. So that can really show up um, in folks that fear engulfment. So what are some more signs of this or indicators, would you say, Laura? We kind of talked about some of these already, but if your uh, partner has a fear of engulfment, how would you know? So something that you might notice is that they're ambivalent of the relationship or they're avoidant, especially if their partner is displaying any sort of, um, if they're asking for any of their own emotional needs to be be met that might feel challenging to somebody who fears engulfment like you said maybe they were so overwhelmed in childhood by meeting other people's needs that any even normal needs in a relationship can feel overwhelming to them so they might they might avoid that um the lack of trust the fear that if somebody is showing genuine interest in me and wants to be an engaged in a relationship with me that somehow there's some kind of strings attached that at some point I can't trust that this can, is going to be a relationship that is fulfilling and mutually beneficial that somehow I'll be overwhelmed in it or they're going to want something from me that I don't want to give. Um, they might feel really exhausted when partners share emotions or, you know, have emotional needs. I think that's a big one when somebody's fearful of engulfment is other people's normal emotions and normal emotions that you might share in intimate relationships just feel very overwhelming. As we mentioned before, you know, this kind of behavior looks like someone who is really indifferent, that doesn't care about relationships or doesn't want to be in them. But the, the truth is there's what's going on underneath all of that is that they have the belief that their needs are not going to be met in a relationship and that it's going to be overwhelming. So they just assume whoever they're with is not going to see them or, or they're not going to be able to express themselves, that it's going to be a trap. And because of this narrative, they really might start to resent their partners without even really any basis or foundation for that. But just the anticipation that I'm going to be overwhelmed by this relationship leads to resentment. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I'm going to have to care for this other person so much. Or I, I've seen um, folks worry about uh, aging with their partner. And when they enter that phase of their life where mm -hmm. maybe they need more care, you know, of course, getting ill and sick and that sort of thing. So partners can be really avoidant of that. Like, I don't want to have to hold space for your medical needs. Again, that's, that's just too much for me. So sometimes people will uh, avoid relationships for that reason too. Well, maybe Maybe it's fine right now, but I definitely don't want to have to be your caregiver when we get to a certain right. point in our lives, because I've already done that most of my life. I don't want to do it for you. Right. And it can even be some things that would be just very normal asks in a relationship, like basic communication or responding to texts or, you know, that can be perceived as this person's trying to control me or they're trying to take over my life when in fact, there are just some normal asks that you would have in relationships uh, with people around communication. So what do you, why does all of this happen for people who fear engulfment? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, again, it, it, it's a some sort of uh, insecure attachment style to uh, developed in childhood, or maybe a little bit later than that through um, maybe friendships or bullying at school, or uh, maybe prior relationships where maybe some of this stuff was really activated, and you know, it incorrectly informs the person like, well, this is just going to keep happening. So now I have this fear, but. Um, you know, it's really a relational pattern that causes a person to feel insecure. Uh, again, maybe past betrayals, uh, maybe things in the past that um, have caused folks and children to really mistrust others. So maybe they, you know, just the sense of, well, no one can be trusted, right? Everyone has some mm -hmm. sort of ulterior motive or they're not going to be there for me. They're not going to be consistent, which really is the hallmark of trust. You know, we think about it in terms of, well, you better not step outside of relationship unless if we have an agreement around that it's really can I depend on you to do the thing you're going to say you do to keep our routines that you will respond within somewhat of a timely manner uh, if you know I do reach out and text you because yeah that's that's a good one that you pointed out is this texting piece oh here's their name across my phone again what do they need now versus oh my partner found this story really interesting or this theme really funny and they're just trying to connect me that can just be so burdensome to even see like a, a notification to come across their phone if they do have that fear of engulfment but um you know also a lot of times there's either abuse or maybe neglect uh in a childhood um so the um, and we talk about anxious and avoidant attachment style a lot, but the one that's really causes people the most dysfunction later on in life is what we call disorganized attachment style, or sometimes you'll hear it uh, called fearful avoidant, which is, it's kind of the worst of both. Um, so you have this fear of the person not being there for you, um, that they don't love you enough, that they are going to abandon you, but you also are and you also have these tendencies to withdraw or pull away. Um, so that's kind of battling both of these things. And again, that can come from uh, very uh, inconsistent and uh, emotionally and physically um, childhood uh, growing up. So it's really, it's really the hardest one for folks yeah. to untangle when they have both of these traits. You know, if you're dealing with one of these relationships might be difficult enough, but if you have both, right, this is, um, it makes things a lot harder. You know, we talk a lot about the care, our caregivers and our parents and how that influences our, our attachment style. And that is, of course, is the foundation of, of how we learn to be in relationship with other people and how we attach to other people in relationship. Another point I've seen a lot, um, in doing therapy is that people can have a, a fairly secure attachment with their, their parents or their caregivers, but they can also have either uh, what I've seen create um, an avoidant attachment style in several clients is bullying. The bullying in school can definitely have a really traumatic, severe impact on your ability to know how to trust other people and develop other and develop uh, relationships with other people. Um, and then um also early romantic relationships. So if you had a really traumatic, dysfunctional back and forth, you know, early romantic relationship or one of your first romantic relationships, that can also set some of those, those fears into play. So we want to know, we want to feel safe and we want to know what to expect from the people that are close to us. And when that is threatened, it can really do a number on our nervous system. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, those are absolutely two other times where things like this can show up. Bullying, absolutely. You know, everyone, um, you know, nobody likes me, right? I, I'm always going to get maybe punished in some way for my behavior or just this inconsistency um, and just cruelty, right? Like you're yeah. saying, trust. I can't trust anybody to be kind because, gosh, there could be um, bully tendencies waiting for me right around the corner. Or like you said, too, maybe uh, a really dysfunctional relationship early on, maybe a pattern of that um you know uh folks when they have their first breakup when they're 16 years old they think you know this is the worst thing that's going to happen yeah never never going to get over this yeah exactly so let's let's not base all future relationships off of our first few but if we have uh, abuse and neglect or maybe you've lost a partner to illness Mm -hmm. or some sort of accident um, you know, that that's a very hard thing to lose after you connect and feel love. And then that grief, it's just too painful for some people. And then they don't want to do that. again. Yeah. Well, Michelle, this is such great information. And now that we have just defined this and, and explained where it all comes from, I want to ask everyone to tune in next week, because next week we are going to continue this conversation. And we're also going to talk about what we can do about this, what you can do uh, if you have a partner that has some of these traits or what you can do if you have some of these traits. So you want to be sure to tune in next week. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for tuning into Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week. 